Welcome to TNT with Teresa Quinlan and Reese Thomas. We are friends from across the pond on a life evolution. We want to bring you topics that challenge your status quo, guests that help you think differently, and nuggets of wisdom that spark being. Being what? You. Authentic you. Welcome to TNT, everyone. Let's introduce our guest for today, Dr. Pauline Crawford. Round of applause. Yay, we're very excited to have her here today. Let's give a bit of an introduction. Pauline, or Dr. Pauline, or Dr. Crawford, however you would like to address her, <laughs> is an ambassador of magical conversations, gender dynamics intelligence, author, and international speaker, with over 30 years of experience working in the UK, Malaysia, and the United States, facilitating the value creation of a new narrative for women to lead with authentic equity with men. Thank mm -hmm. you so much for joining us today. How are you? I am really magical and it's, <laughs> it's wonderful to be here with you guys and also to, to be a stretch across the world being you know Great Britain and Canada and me in America. It's always wonderful to talk about my passion one of the things you said before we hit the record button is my passion is harmony. And I pretty much melted when you said those four <laughs> words, because we, even when we think about the word passion or obsession, oftentimes that word harmony doesn't come after like, what is your obsession? Harmony. What, what do you mean? It's not something of great achievement that we can place on the wall or put a frame around and go, Hey, look what I did. Although we can argue that achievement of harmony is something that is way more valuable than many of us perhaps know. So how did this passion around harmony begin for you? I think it definitely started when I was a little girl and I'm number three in a family of four, a very happy family, very uh, together family. So very, very fortunate. And between my brother and my younger brother, there's only eight years. So I was right in the middle and it was always together. So harmony was always in my mind. And I always loved to smile. I was known for my comic activity as a young girl, where I would be a bit clumsy or fall over things or eat the dog biscuits or whatever. And I found that everybody was kind of laughing at me. I think even in an unconscious way, I thought, oh, this is quite fun. But then it was always around people being around me and harmony was the thing. Curiously, and I'll come back to it later, one of my other core values is freedom. And you might say, well, how does that work in harmony and collaboration and synergy, which is all the stuff that I really work with now. But I really truly believe in everybody's individual unique gift to the world. Being in a family of four, and it wasn't just the four of us and my parents, it was uncles and aunts and cousins and tea parties and, you know, where there would be 13 or so people in the room and you'd have cups of tea and egg sandwiches and all the, all the bit. And that was my childhood. It was always surrounded by harmonious conversation. But what I also noticed was when the conversation wasn't harmonious was when somebody would take over the floor and often it was an uncle or aunt. And you'd notice that the conversation would slow down and become polarized with this one person having an opinion and subconsciously, I kind of realized that and I thought, no, I don't want to be like uncle so-and-so. 
And my parents were very not like that. They were very fluid. They were very hospitable. There was always a welcome at our house. And that was, that was what I grew up with, with this idea that we're all part of this total. And it wasn't just me. But then I discovered my individuality and realized I wasn't like my sister and I wasn't like my brothers. So that was that journey within it. And, and there were times where it was conflict, because for me, the other side of harmony is where does conflict fit? Mm-hmm. And I think my, my journey, which is why I love magical conversations, because I've designed it with a rule which says there's no judgment. Now that fits into me not wanting conflict. And I think what I've learned as a mature woman now, and I'm a, I'm a grandmother and a mother, is that you can't actually avoid a conflict, but you can manage it in a magical way. When I was a child, there was always that feeling of being part of something. I was never alone, but sometimes I felt lonely. I loved being at school because I liked not the lessons. (laughs) I liked the people. And what was curious, even I reflect back on it, that I became the center of conversation in the classroom and I was a source of information. So for some reason, my biological mind, I used to store information. And so people would come to me and say, oh, Pauline, do you know what so-and-so is doing? Or did you hear that? And it wasn't so much gossip, but just sources of information. And for some reason, people realized that I would be sharing what was needed. And so that was also part of understanding conversation rather than communication. Mm. So communication is one thing, but conversation for me is fluid. It's got to have a harmony to it. Even if it's, for instance, quite a lively, almost angry debate, there's an energy to it. And that's really where my understanding of it shifted over my life is to understand that harmony has an energy to it. And I wanted people to be able to engage in any topic in a harmonious way. And that's really where magical conversations came from. Amazing. Yeah, first of all, I just love that and ask people, not just on the show, but in, in, in every day, you know, what's your passion? What is it you do? It's, it's, it's quite often the answer is something that's very personal, individualistic to them. Whereas for me, when you said harmony, if I think, how do I create harmony? It's about what the other person needs or the rest of the group or finding out the interpersonal relationship that we talk about, the, the connectedness, mm-hmm. rather than about this is for me, this is how I achieve this, this very kind of self-driven, egoistic mindset and, and this idea of harmony and that it's um, connected to magic and it's connected to this f- uh, energy, a frequency, picturing you as this, the energy in, in the room, in, in the school, in the family. I'd like to understand a bit more about where the magic comes in. Well, I think it's really important is that reference I made to we're all individuals. So I I used to think, well, I like harmony, but I also like freedom and independence. So how does this fit together? Because, you know, when you go to school and you wear a uniform, you're all sort of tunneled the same. You know, there there were times when we were a family, we acted as one. But it's actually understanding our our individual magic is really important and to hold on to that. So when somebody says, oh, no, no, you should be like me, or you know you ought to do it like this. Well, maybe not, but it's still in the, in the context of the family or the school or the business or the group or the community. And I think it's something people struggle with a bit when we find our personal development, our style. You know, I have a lot of people say, oh, does it mean if men and women are different, we can't be equal? 
I'm a mathematician. I think you can have simultaneous equations. So you can be different and equal and similar and different. It's all about what you seek to be and do. The magic comes when we're more ourselves, but we value others. And that's what my value creation cycle is about. Is I know I'm me, and there were often times when I was a bit too much of a, a please people person. I would bend to other people's view of me. What you should be as a woman, what you should be as a mother, what you should be as a daughter, you know. And then I thought, well, I want to be a kind of a rebel, but I don't want to blow them all out of the water. So I need to understand the others, and I need to understand what's different. You are both different, and you're different to me. But we've all got similarities that we're passionate about the world, we're passionate about harmony, we're passionate about love. But our differences are what makes the magic. So three hours are really important. I need to know me truly and honestly without ego and with great authenticity. And then I need to understand you and me. What's the relationship? How do I know you as an individual? How do I know my mother, my father, my sister, my friends, my husband? But the red arrow is all of us together. And this is where we bring energy together, which gives us individual value. So if we're all part of a group, say like Humans First or any community we're in, that community gives us an energy, but we give it some energy through our individuality. One of my hashtags is World Harmony. And I think for a long time, people are going, we need peace in the world, we need peace in the world. But if we had harmony, I think we would have peace. And I think sometimes, Peace is too, it's got too many perspectives on what that means. Mm-hmm. For instance, look at life as a flow and especially music of life and then and music itself. The harmony of how music comes together doesn't just involve the musicians, it involves you, the listener. So if they're playing something which might sound discordant to me, I probably wouldn't dance to it. I dance to music which has a harmony for me. I want to be drawn into a conversation that is harmonious for me. And it may be on occasion that I see a conversation somewhere which I don't want to be involved in because it's not my harmony. The magic comes from who we are as an individual connected to somebody else and connected to a group. When I was a kid, I loved King Arthur and the round table. Because I think, you know, the round table, this, this idea of fluidity and circular motion is really important. It's still more difficult to do on Zoom, but it's imagining that we're actually round a round table. Yes. Yeah. So oftentimes you'll find companies that understand that dynamic have circular conference tables instead of the long ones. Instead of classroom style, when I would facilitate learning, I'd put people in round tables to encourage discussion or just do a huge round circle with facilitation on the periphery, but more of it happening in the internal side of it. And I'm just noticing that since you started sharing, you have so many symbols that are an indication of cyclical in its nature, circular in its nature, or balanced in its nature. Because that was a word that I wrote down. Your values of harmony and freedom, those two values in and of itself can seem like they're opposite to each other. Well, wait, harmony is connection, togetherness, that element to it, whereas freedom might mean independence on my own. When they're out of balance, we have either the display of, I'm a people pleaser, I'm a yes man. I do whatever needs to be done in order to get it done. And I sacrifice often the self when I'm doing that. And if I lean too much in the other direction of independence, I'm a lone wolf and everyone get out of my way. I'm just gonna do whatever I wanna do. And neither of those 
pendulum swings to the outside are really beneficial, at least not most of the time. Sometimes they can be, but not most of the time, because it would seem that it disrupts the cycle that you've That's arrived right. at the value creation. That's right. And this is where it impacts my work with gender dynamics intelligence, because the nature of the circle is primarily an activity that women do. And this is not that men can't do it, but women are designed on a very secular base. Our menstrual cycle, our hormones, our estrogen, everything is, and, and our ability to, um, to give birth, to have babies. It's all part of our life cycle. So mm -hmm. from puberty to menopause and beyond, we have that need to nurture, that need to build relationships. Now, men build relationships as well, but potentially the symbolism is more straight line. It's more directive in terms of step one, step two, step three. And one of the, the major conflicts between men and women is this difference. But I think it's about complementing it. So actually, if you put them together, everything in our universe, if you're a designer, you know that everything is made from a straight line and a curve. Mm. You put straight lines together, you get a cube. You put curved lines together, you get an oval, a circle. If you put the two lines together, you might get an obelisk. Everything is designed to create shape from straight lines and curves. So if we see men as the, the straight line and women as the curved, as we come together, the yin and yang, we form the magic of the whole. In conversation, you can have very straight line conversation and you can have curved conversation. So what about, I mean by that is the man or woman who's in a very directive situation. Well, I'm going to tell you what to do and this is what we're going to do and we're going to go that way. Okay, maybe that's needed. But the circular conversation is, how about we talk about this together? How does it feel to be in this circle? What is it we're going to do together? But we also need both. And this is where when we understand this gender dynamic intelligence, and I, I see it as an addition to EQ and RQ and IQ and PQ and SQ. And the reason it's become more defined in our life is that men and women are now out there together in much more defined ways than 30 years ago. Mm -hmm. We work together, we live together, we love together, everything, you know, technology has brought us together. And now we're working from home, we're remote working, we're hybrid working. I don't believe it's ever gonna go back to putting on the suit and going to the office and everything being separate. We still have some separateness in there, but the togetherness brings that harmony. And in fact, the yin-yang symbol, the yang is more directive and masculine, if you like, and the yin is more feminine and, and soft. When you see the symbol, it's bound together. And we don't see it as anything other than a whole. Mm -hmm. When I started studying this, it was because of my own body. I wanted to understand why I was straight. I was a very straight physique. I was a bit of a tomboy. I like to drive a car like a man. That's what my sister said. <laughs> she once challenged me. She said, you drive a car like a man. I said, oh, that's a compliment. But you know, there's, <laughs> there's, there's, there's truth in some of these things. But what I discovered was, and this was the intrigue, was that our bodies, our physicality of our body actually indicates something about our core behavior. So I work on a symbolism around the straight line, the curve, the box and the, and the circle and the body shapes, the skeleton of how we stand and how we present ourselves in the world. And there was a way of assessing the extremes, if you like. It's like any assessment tool. 
it's a starting point. So I, I use four archetypes now, which I want to share with you. There's two men archetypes, which is the ruler and the philosopher. So the ruler is our very masculine-minded male, and the philosopher is our feminine-minded male, who's the intuitive. That's you, Reese, I believe. And then we've got the masculine-minded woman, who's the magician. That's that's you, I think, Teresa and me. Yeah, totally. And then the, the sovereign, who is the feminine-minded female. And when these archetypes actually get together, we can create the harmony. But we need to know each other in order to make that harmony work. It's about valuing differences. Absolutely. So before we dive into telling us more about this gender dynamics intelligence and then the map specifically, I wanted to say, so based on what you've just said there, are you postulating that if there was some way to assess this during some kind of selection process, we should be looking for some kind of co-leadership in all areas so we can find out this person has got A, C and F and we need someone who's got D, B and G to fit together and then only then can we have the real harmony or is that too idealistic it's a really good question and i've i've thought about this a lot is it, it's also situational if there's a fire do you want the police people person to be taking you out of the building or do you want the, the guy who's going to say this way yeah. <laughs> i think we've got with the crisis and the change in how business and life comes together we really need to understand the balance between these different styles for the business that we're in and the intention that the business has. But generally, I would like to see a mixture of the four and, and obviously other diversities in there as well, because generation, sex preferences, color, every other mixture coming in. But the trick is knowing how to talk about it. We all know there are some people who are very chatty and loud and out there and others who are quiet and reflective. And we know we can study all these things it's how do we have a conversation about it and where is the control and, and where's the freedom to be able to say, I don't know that I want that at the moment and not be accused of being wrong or weak. And I think business is shifting hugely, even big business. I mean, there are some interesting stories of top men at some very top companies who are now leaving because they've been inappropriate in terms of how they see the world. A classic statement from the, the guy at the top of the Olympic Committee who said, um, I just, we get more done if women weren't here because they talk too much. He might have a point of view on that particular situation, but it's inappropriate for him to move that. How do we have a conversation which says, yeah, some of that is true and it depends on what we're trying to, to do together. They're tricky conversations that definitely need magic. <laughs> what do you think? <laughs> Yeah, I couldn't, could not agree yeah. with you more in that, okay, so we can identify we want to blend. It's what, you know, we're hashtagging diversity across the board. We want to blend. It's knowing how to then make the recipe for whatever the outcome that you're trying to achieve. And yeah. it's not the same recipe every single time. The dynamic nature of teams is knowing who to pull together yes. in whatever situation you happen to be in, in order to achieve that best possible outcome. There was something you mentioned earlier when you were describing your family and tea parties, and I was just like falling in love with that whole scenario that you painted at the beginning. And one of the things you had mentioned was, you know, the aunt or the uncle that all of a sudden takes the oxygen out of the room by 
polarizing the conversation in some way. And the word that came to mind is, oh, a contrarian, someone who sometimes just likes to step in and go, I'm going to shake this party up a little bit. And I'm going to say something that gets people all riled up or gets them really quiet. <laughs> you know, with magical conversations, when something like that happens, I would love to learn how you approach when someone like that shows up because I think someone like that shows up a lot in our lives and many times we don't approach it in the correct way <laughs> to navigate it successfully. I, I agree and I think there's a couple of different types. There's, there's the one who is what I call pontificates, you know, they start the sentence and it's like, well, in my view, and you know that what's going to come, or there's the other one who is more rebellious, is more sort of, and maybe in a, in a good way, saying, can you look at it a different way? That I love. I think the, the goal with having a, a circular conversation with no judgment, no anger, and no coercion is that you're allowing for different personalities to seed creativity. And there's almost an experience in there, which is you bring your experience. So you, you don't bring your judgment, but you bring your experience. Mm. So depending on what the topic is, you might say, gosh, in my experience of that topic, if it's leadership, for instance, in my experience, this is what happens. But there's no challenge in the statement. It's a pure contribution. And in fact, my big why is contribute. When somebody is either taking the time and not really contributing or they're being angry, the facilitator or the, the host, who is part of the conversation but has that permission to not let somebody overtake it, is to say, well, sorry, Teresa, I just really got to say that at the moment, this isn't really following the rules. And we'd love you to stay and follow the rules. But if you want to leave, that's fine too. So you almost give the person permission to remind them of the rules and invite them to stay or not. And I've seen the most angry people pause and go, oh, okay, now I'll stay. Because they don't want to leave, they don't want to lose out. Mm -hmm. But often we either try and ignore them or placate them or we get angry with them and throw them out. I don't think that helps us because it, it destroys the energy, but you don't want them to destroy the energy by taking over. So giving people permission or saying, may I have your permission to just make an observation? So what you do is you set the scene to mm -hmm. say something which is maybe factually right. And it, it's a learned practice. I believe it's about a desire to create harmony that seeds it. So if you're somebody who doesn't really want harmony, you're not likely to do that. Right. So I say, not everybody wants to have a magical conversation. That's fine too. Some people want to have an argument, then they can go and have the argument circle. <laughs> Which I, I think like you're mentioning some things, sometimes in the workplace for accountability, the people who want harmony are the ones willing to step into holding people accountable with that yep. balance between, this was our expectation. You're not playing by the rules. I need to hold you accountable here because harmony is the core of how we're going to operate. And I think the other thing goes quickly is ownership. This is, this is my view about what you're doing, but it doesn't fit here. So I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just saying you keep on thinking about the value cycle is what's the me, what's the us and what's the we. Mm. Place attention on ownership of me. I'm giving you permission to stay, but you need to follow the rules. If you want to leave, that's fine too. So in the spirit of harmony, for me, that means that we need to acknowledge, listen, accept, 
all aspects of it. So, you know, if there is someone who's taken all the oxygen out of the room, there is someone who has a very direct approach in the effort to be inclusive and to be supportive of everyone who creates this circle, that creates this magical conversation. You, you use rules here a couple of times. I would just be a devil's advocate and say, well, if we truly want to find the harmony here in this circle, we need to dispense with rules as such obviously there are certain things of uh, you know personal human decency and that sort of thing but in terms of you know the, the guy or woman who stands up and said this is my feeling this is how we're going to do it I think as long as everyone is open to that and free to stay curious about it to challenge it including the person who's well perhaps most importantly the person who said it isn't so attached to that single thought but at the same time the rest of the group can't be so attached to the idea that that is rubbish and get rid of it so we need to kind of keep going in this circle and only when all the parts are, are seen in in harmony can we really have that that magical conversation so yeah. one of the things i think was just to clarify is that any conversation can be magical this is magical but it, if we have a constructed magical conversation it's on a topic and it's really important as the topic is in the center of the circle mm. not held by anybody so when you invite people to that circle to talk about real synergy or collaboration or leadership or customer service, it could be something very specific. They come with the intention to contribute their experience to that view. So they, they feel they're valuable because it's designed that way. And that's where it's amazing how creative it can be because people realize they don't have to be in their own ego. Because everybody's got experiences and all you're inviting is for them to share. And that's where the practice of it helps because when you start doing that a lot, you get into that way of being in all conversations. So for instance, if you have a, a conflict in your life, the difficult conversation, how do you want to manage that? Do you want to end up with a fight? You'll end up with a fight. If you want to find ways of dissolving it, you'll do it, but you don't want to also be walked over or lose your personality and your your mm. perspective in there and that's where the ownership comes in so it's almost accountability to yourself to be part of the conversation and learning to ride the edges of your personality so if i happen to be a magician a masculine-minded female and yeah. in collaboration i have to learn that the competitive edge of my personality cannot show up at 100 percent today it's got to dial itself down and I have to own that balance. Otherwise the me in the value yeah. creation circle will outweigh the us and the we. Absolutely. And not everybody will be tuned into this in the same way. I was, I was talking with um, the Y Institute about what's my why. And I did a little test and my why came out as contribute, which wasn't a surprise. But somebody else's who is and Elon Musk is, you know, things can be better. Or I think Simon Sinek's one is um, make it better. Your, your intention is focused on your main why. The magical conversation, especially the ones for me about real synergy between men and women, need to do what, what you said, Tree, that we need to come out of our corner in order to understand what the conflicts are. As an example, women tend to talk more than men Rulers, who are the masculine-minded men, tend to be the shortest on conversation, which is random. They tend to like action. So even if you've got people into a circle, I can actually understand why the guy at the Olympic Committee said what he said. It was inappropriate for him to say it, and it was the wrong thing to say. 
but I could imagine his frustration on occasion when he might have been in groups of women who were not making decisions because they're in circular motion. So it's this whole thing about being accountable for the collective. Take an orchestra. You know, the guy who's in the orchestra who's playing the cymbal or the triangle at the end, and he has one moment. <laughs> but he's very important because without that thing, it may not be the whole piece as it was designed. Such a great analogy. The triangle is symbol at the end. <laughs> in leadership and emotional intelligence, that's the skill of independence. In leadership, the buck has to stop somewhere. Someone's going to need to make that final directive or decision. Oftentimes it's the one with the greatest amount of power or authority in the organization needs to do it. They're an important part of that circular activity. And inevitably that's the me part of them that has to know when to step up and go, okay, circle time is done. Time to make a decision. And we need them as part of the us and we collective. Yes. It's like, why do you have a, a conductor for an orchestra? That's right, yeah. I've, I've yeah. often thought, you know, what's he doing there? Because surely they know what they're doing. But actually, mm -hmm. even if they're just seeing it out of the corner of their mind, he's keeping them together. And that's the analogy I think we have with leadership, whether it's a male or female or any of the archetypes, they still have to understand the mix they've got in front of them. And you mentioned about uh, recipes. I often talk about different cakes. You know, you, you have to make a cake. You put the right ingredients in and you, you put it in the oven at the right temperature and then it rises. If you don't do all those things, then it won't be edible. It's like with creating a community or building a business is who are the elements and what's it for? And how do you, how do you keep mixing it together before you put it in the oven to bake? Wow, uh, thank you so much. I really appreciate all these uh, great insights and, and tidbits you've been sharing with us, um, uh, Pauline. I wanted to ask you, as we're running out of time here, to we have our hashtag, not anymore, something that we'd like our listeners to be able to, to think about more, to, to do differently, to be differently. Now, one of the things you said right at the start, and I know that it's integral to what you're doing and how you run your, your business, is, is the question of how do we value other people we talk a lot about what are our own values how we live up to those values how we you know, represent them in in our actions maybe a lot of people and this obviously has a bit of a eq connection here is, is how do we value other people how do we recognize other people's value and how do we try to harmonize that with with ourselves i remember saying this to my son once he was going on a date he said how do i get to chat this woman up i said you need to be interested <laughs> and interesting so what I mean by that is to be interested in somebody else is to ask the questions, you know, so what kind of music do you like? You know, what's your life like, etc. But also find the connection, in which case be interesting yourself without being ego. The, the seed comes from connection. So seek to find the connection, but remember that your gift is also a gift to the other person. Their gift is a gift to you. Mm -hmm. So by asking what they're interested in, or you could even ask, you know, what, what do you value in your life? That's an amazing question to find out what's the passion behind somebody, but then make sure you share what your value is. So it's being aware of the connection that creates harmony. You know, when you plug the electricity in, it works. When you take it out, it doesn't. You, you've got to find the harmonious connection. And it might not happen with everybody, but you can find, I believe you can find any connection with somebody, even if you're just, but well, we're both breathing. That's a connection. <laughs> yeah, yes it is, yeah. <laughs> Perfect. 
All right. Well, thank you so much for that. I wonder, you know, people are going to want to learn more about you. We haven't really touched on, you know, your gender dynamics map. I'd love to hear about that. So how can people get in touch with you and, and what's on the horizon for you? Certainly through LinkedIn. That's my favourite place to send people. And Pauline at corporateheartinternational.com. I do a monthly uh, group, which is called Real Synergy 2021. And my passion is about how we learn to be these archetypes, how we learn to talk together and to create a new narrative. So that's the main thing I'm doing. And then I have some uh, masterclasses on gender dynamics intelligence, which I will be posting up on LinkedIn very shortly. So I, I want to explore that with as many people who's, who want to be one of those archetypes. And uh, if you go onto my YouTube channel, um, you'll find the post from last Monday's session. And I think you'll find it very interesting because everybody chose their own archetype and had a conversation within their own groups. And then we shared back and it was quite fascinating, quite fascinating. What's your YouTube handle? Now my YouTube is, it should be Pauline Crawford. Perfect. Now we finish the episode as always with our rapid fire Q&A. Five questions. Are you ready, Pauline? I'm ready. Fantastic. Number one, which emotion catches you off guard most often? Anger. And what do you do to regulate that emotion in the moment? I usually stop and pause and I allow the anger to be there and not let it come in and then decide. I'm a mathematician, you see, so I look at probabilities. I don't react straight away. I take it in and then I decide what to do with it. Awesome. I love that. <laughs> see you walking down the street and all kind of crazy things happening. You're like, what is the statistical probability of me reacting to this way? And what is the appropriate response? Perfect. Okay, number three. What is next on your personal evolution? Big one. My next is to be a true influencer in the world. Women and men come together. So hashtag women empower men without the T on the end is one of my favorites because I believe that there are new conversations. So I want to be in conversation with influential people. I don't know, so Richard Branson would come to mind, uh, Sarah Blakely, um, Nelson Mandela, if he was alive. I, I want to be a part of the conversation, you know, with influencers at that level to change because I don't want to waste time anymore. Mm. I'm quite old and I, I don't want the world to go down a rabbit hole. I want it to go into the, into the light. So I want to be on platforms that make a difference. What a wonderful answer and, and yes I think I feel like you you would definitely have a great deal to share and you probably definitely need an awful amount of influence to be able to to reach Nelson Mandela but we'll, we'll leave that uh number four when your best friend is having a meltdown what do you say to them I don't say anything to begin with I listen I say share with me tell me what it is just listen and then I don't try and fix them I think that's the wrong move I'd like to at a certain point, ask their permission for me to suggest some ideas and if they're willing to help them. But I don't, I don't get into gossip and I don't get into fixing. I think it's very important to hold the space. Mm -hmm. And that's what the magical conversation is. It's a space of holding. And that's why if you listen with your heart, then you will hear with your head. Mm. Perfect. Um, all right, finally, number five. Uh, in this moment, what are you most looking forward to or most hopeful for? I would love the freedom to travel because I want to go to England and visit my family. 
and it's not really a good idea at the moment. So that would be my greatest wish. Thank you so much, uh, Pauline. It's, it's a real honor to have you and come and share your thoughts and ideas with us. Um, it's a topic that's very important for, for both of Theresa and I, but also for our listeners, I'm sure. So definitely reach out. We'll put all those connection details in the show notes. Thank you so much for sharing what's on your heart. Thank you. It's been absolutely magical. <laughs> yes, it has. Thank you, yes, Pauline. Thanks for listening to this episode of TNT. Please share, subscribe, rate, and review. And when you're ready for your personal evolution, check out Reese at trueselfcoaching.com. And for your emotional intelligence revolution, check out Teresa at iqeqtq.com.